baseball game scheduled for today on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and on the TV side as the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates are making their 4,365th visit of the spring to Dunedin. 107 is the first pitch. Ben and Caleb will have you, uh, will have the call for you uh, online and uh, on the TV side. Um, Joe Siddle and uh, Dan Schulman will have the call of the game again. 107 first pitch. Blue Jays and Pirates. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will be making his return to the lineup after being shut down for how many days? 11 days with uh, right knee inflammation. Uh, Of course, we are awaiting and we may have word maybe by the end of the day, waiting uh, whether or not, uh, well, we will have worried if the Dominican Republic advances to the next round of the World Baseball Classic, whether or not Vladimir Guerrero Jr. joins the team. He said that he wants to. I don't want him to. Barker doesn't want him to. You don't want him to. The question is, do the Blue Jays want him to return and will a decision be made? Um, But in the meantime... Vladdy is in the lineup today at first base, batting third. Rest of the lineup, Merrifield, Bichette, Belt, Kirk, Varsho, Espinal, Biggio, and uh, Nathan Lucas in center field, Kevin Biggio in right field as he continues to, uh, I'm not going to say addition, but as he continues to hone his skills with an eye toward becoming a true utility player on the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays last night lost 10-3 to the Yankees in Tampa. Uh, Drew Hutchison got lit up. Rainer Nunez hit a three-run or hit a home run off of Garrett Cole. That was pretty much the highlight for the Blue Jays. Kevin Kiermaier, though, continuing his good spring. He's raised his Grapefruit League average to 545. Not that it matters any more than the fact that Matt Chapman's hitting, hitting 200 and Dalton Varsos hitting 233. But uh, the very least, Kevin Kiermaier looks healthy. Uh, he's using his legs, and of course, he is he's playing the uh, type of defense that we expect to see from Kevin Kiermaier. We are just waiting to get Kevin Barker on from Dunedin where it is raining. It was in a bit of a conversation with Ben Wagner, who's in the booth with uh, Kevin. And um, they were discussing how it felt very much like a... Kevin, are you with us? It felt very much like a Rochester game or a... Uh, or a game in Scranton. And uh, again, the the forecast is that it is to clear up by 1 o'clock, but we'll wait, obviously, for final word. I do know this. There will be baseball baseball at 3 o'clock from from Phoenix, Arizona, as Team Canada takes on Mexico. Winner goes through to the next round of the World Baseball Classic. Canada beating Colombia 5-0. Yesterday and Kevin Barker, we, we we have you on the line now. Uh, I guess for Blue Jays fans, we'll talk about we'll talk in particular about Vladdy returning to the lineup and some of the other things we need to see today. And well, first of all, I got a weather uh, update from you. It's got that Rochester Scranton feel to it. Yeah, it's got a minor league feel. I was just talking to Ben Wagner, who's sitting right beside me, and, and we're, we were both saying, you know, it, it's sort of got that feel of a, a minor league game when 
you know, you're hoping they bang it early so we can get to the Wendy's because that's all we can afford to eat. Get there early so we can get to bed early and and come back and play the 18 or the the 14 inning game the next day or the 18 inning game, whatever it is. I, well, I think it would be 14 innings because they'd feel sorry for us and and we'd only have to play seven inning games the next day. So. Yeah, and there's, there's no day-night day, doubleheaders in the minor leagues. You know, you'd back-to-back those. You'd have that 30-minute uh, between-game subway. You'd have to split it in half, you know, because most of those teams and organizations don't want to pay for the foot long. So they only give you the six-inch, Jeff. So no. me, me and Wagner are sitting here just dreaming about the old days, about those good old days when we are in the minor leagues and those rain delays. But yeah, well. it seems, seems to be the rain here is letting up a little bit. I know it seems like there's some moving around here by the grounds crew and they're starting to move some some carts around, and and looks like the rain's quit. But it is in the high 50s. So if you're coming to the game today, you're listening to this. Make sure you wear a jacket. Well, I I, com- I completely get where you're coming from, Kevin, because you know when you're expecting a foot and you only get six inches, it's never a good thing, right? Uh the uh, that's uh, that's amazing. Yeah, Canada. Uh, let's talk about the World Baseball. <laughs> What? Let's talk what, about the World Baseball Classic in, in uh, Arizona yesterday. Five nothing. Auto. How do, you, how do you go from what you said to the baseball classic? It's very easy. It's an easy segue. Otto Lopez uh, with no a big Drew hit. Hutchison. I, I see. I, I, I was trying to read your lips because I'm on FaceTime with you when they were trying to hook me up here, and I do apologize that I was a little late. Yeah. It's not because of me. I was here. Yeah. No, no. I had some technical difficulties, but I, but I am here, thankfully. And I was trying to read your lips, and I, I, I don't think i was reading drew so i don't think you started the show with who started the game yesterday against the new york yankees i did indeed i did mention it you did mention it i mentioned that he got lit up yeah oh is that all you said about that yeah because i know we have had a phone call that says look out for him <laughs> clifton no you say kikuchi <laughs> drew hutch yeah clifton and etobicoke with yeah his, yeah i you know the, the, they'll love the, you clifton don't worry the, about yeah it. we we do love you but the only thing you need to know about drew is he was dfa'd three times by the detroit tigers last year <laughs> that's all you need to know that's a paper move uh is it really the paper move. hey Otto lopez now he had a good spring we talked about this he's yeah. he's had a good spring in camp he has had a good tournament so far with Canada, Absolutely. both offensively and I mean defensively. He's made he's he's made the routine plays. And Kevin, I I don't know if you feel this way, but I've said this time and again, the twenty sixth guy on the roster for me has to be able to play. He's got to play the infield for me. Like he can't just be an outfielder. He's got to be able to play multiple positions, including preferably something up the middle for me. At this point, is he the guy that you think still has a leg up in that on that 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 final roster spot? For me, yes. For me, yes. He can handle the bat. Like I mentioned, he can hit velocity. Uh, he has a simple approach to plate. Uh, he's decent enough at laying off a breaking ball, which you don't have to be that. You know, being a bench guy. Uh, the way you're going to play, learn how to hit velocity, learn learn how to get barrel to baseball. He can do that. He can go line to line. We mentioned that. He's good at everything. He's not great at any one thing. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is, for me, what gives him a leg up, right? He's a good defender. He's not a great defender. He's a good base runner. He's not a great base runner. Uh, he's a good hitter. He's not a great hitter. Like, I think that, for me, the 26 guy has to be that. Yeah. He's going to sit over there for a couple of days and not do anything. And I think the mental approach, now I haven't had any conversations with him, but the people that I've talked to said he's accepted who he is and what he could be for this team. And, I, you know, again, I, I don't want to put too much emphasis on the 26 guy because – 
you know, it's like the seventh and eighth guy in your rotation. You know, I, I, I'm sure they're going to play a role, but what kind of role? It's so I, but I do think I'm with you. You know, you when you come in, you you could be the guy that can go first to third late in the game. You know, Kirky gets a hit, you're down a run on the road. Otto Lopez can come in. Now, I'm not saying the other guys that are tr- trying to fight for that 26 spot can not do the same exact things, but I just. Look, I, I think we've seen enough from Otto Lopez that the hit and the velocity and being good at everything else, for me anyway, it's just me. I haven't talked to anybody. I don't know one way or the other. But just from what I've seen and what I've seen from the other guys, Otto Lopez, for me, makes too much sense. All right, let's talk about Vladdy. Back in the lineup today, uh, out for a while with right knee inflammation. How... I'm not going to ask you how concerned you are about Vladdy and the World Baseball Classic or anything like that. But what would you need to see? We're going to hear that there's no red flags, that everything's fine, that everything wasn't fine. He wouldn't be in the lineup, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. What do you need to see from Vladdy today that tells you that he, in fact, is is over this? The very first time whenever I got the email that, that showed the lineup, the very first thing I looked at was he dh or playing first base. He's playing first base. That's all I need to know. All right. Like, I don't need to know anything else. Again, he's ran the base there, did that simulating running, whatever it is they're trying to do a couple of days in a row. He felt 100%. Again, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. means more to this lineup than anybody else in it. And they're going to make 1,000% sure that he is raring and ready to go. And he can go side to side, up and back defensively and rounding bases and making those turns is not a big deal for him. And offensively, he can do things that only Vladimir Guerrero Jr. can do. So, you know, I think that's the one thing. He's not DH and he's playing first. And let's not overthink this, right? It's, it's thank goodness this happened early enough in spring training. And thank goodness this happened in spring training when he was still here and not at the WBC. That, that for me is because, you know, again, you'd have to make more decisions and, you know, you'd have to arrange things and make sure he gets where he needs to be. You know, thankfully he. uh, Well, no, they would be moving the tournament here. The tournament would move to Miami, right? Uh, it, it, yeah, the second round, I do believe that's that's where it's headed. Right. So Everybody's it's not. Yeah. Who's, who's moving on to to where they need to go? It's just I, I look. I I don't know any insight on on how that's going to go. Again, if I'm the GM of the Toronto Blue Jays, he ain't going for me. But it's just because of what he means to this team and what the the start they're trying to get off to. He's a big part of that, and I just why. Like, look, I I understand what he what uh, what he wants to do and 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 what he means to the Dominican Republic lineup and and how, how much he could bring. But man, like, why take any chances? That that's yet to be seen. I'm sure they're going to do what's best for everybody. And I just look at that. I think it's as simple as he's playing first base today and not the agent. Right. Don't overthink it. Uh, Kevin Gossman gets a start today. Uh, there will be five of the Jays' bullpen arms in action are scheduled to pitch Tim Mesa, Trevor Richards, Richards, pardon me, Jordan Romano, Eric Swanson, and Anthony Bass uh, are all scheduled to pitch in the game. Thank Ke- you, said Kikuchi's throwing aside, and so is Nate Pearson. Kikuchi and, okay, Kikuchi and Pearson. Uh, Kikuchi and Pearson throwing, throwing their sides. We haven't talked a lot about Kevin Kiermeyer. And you know, which is a good thing because it means that Kevin Kiermeyer is showing up and is having. He's healthy. He's healthy, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, beyond that, there isn't a great deal to talk about them. And you know, hopefully I don't need to tell people that spring numbers are completely and totally irrelevant. But having said that, Kevin. Casparillas, if that's true. <laughs> he's looked good. Uh, he is hitting 545. Uh, he's had to beat out a couple of close plays at first base and done so. If Kevin Kiermeyer, and I'm knocking on wood here, if Kevin Kiermeyer stays healthy, simple question for you. Where is he in the lineup? And in a broader sense, what does he do for this team offensively? We understand that he has been brought in to be a defensive difference maker. Yeah. What does he bring to this team offensively, though? Well, I think he's changed his approach. You know, again, me and you've laughed about this because I like poking fun at you about the Rays. Uh, I don't know if everybody remembers about them putting the nets around the infield and telling all their hitters to uppercut and do that, you know, lead with the back elbow and try and create loft with the baseball. Well, Kevin was one of those people, and that just doesn't work for him. You know, you start seeing things go down, and he's not as good a player as he wants to be by trying to do things he's not capable of being. Uh, Can he hit a home run? Absolutely. Uh, Is he probably going to do that to the pull side? Absolutely. But that's not his game. His game is to get on base and create havoc. And, you know, when you got a guy that has the green light, and I'm sure he's going to be one of those people, Whit Merrifield's probably another guy. I'm sure there's one or two other guys. But it's a short list, and he's one of them. And just for him changing the mindset of I'm thinking line drive, we're starting to see, at least in spring training, him hitting line drives to left field. Saw him do that against a left-handed pitcher. He's going to play every day. If he's Mm -hmm. healthy, he's playing against lefties and righties. They're a better defensive team with him in center, right? It's – you know, you can picture that last year. Uh, he's not diving for that ball. He's running through that ball because right. he can cut off the, the speed that he has, the first move. He's an elite defender. He makes them that much better. Offensively, I just think it's the mindset. It's not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to go back Lake City anymore. I'm trying to just drive down and through the baseball and hit a line drive up the middle. I mean, it's real simple. And use my speed as an advantage. And that, they haven't really had a guy like this before, right? It's it's obviously we know it's the health thing, and for me, it's more about him him keeping himself on the field. It's not about the Blue Jays, the khakis, and everybody else around behind the scenes trying to figure out ways to you know massage him into it. No, you're a big leaguer. You've been around long enough to know what it takes to keep you on a field, and. When he's on the field, Jeff, I just think it creates a lot of havoc. And to be on the on the field and, and have that approach, that mental approach of think line drive first and not try and create backspin is a big deal for him. And, and you know, I don't think the average is a big deal. But I think what he feels right now, it's like Barrios. I, I, you know, I sort of said that funny, but I didn't really. Like, you, when, when you're a veteran guy, you're coming off a, a, the I.L., you've had an injury, you, uh, you've made some adjustments mentally or physically, you want to see it translate. And when it doesn't, you start to panic because now, uh-oh, what am I doing? What I was doing all in the offseason ain't starting to work. And for Kevin to come here and hit 500 or whatever it is is a big deal for him, right? The line drives are there, the speed's there, the defense, we've seen that, the first moves. I mean, he's calling guys off on balls that – Last year, you probably wouldn't have seen that until later, right? And it just it, it puts everybody at ease and makes him a better team, which, Kevin. I, which is the goal. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now. I mean, I probably could call them up, but anecdotally, from what I can remember off the top of my head, 
etc. I expected to see the Jays spring training. I'm going to use that as a caveat. Mm -hmm. I expected to see the Jays have a little more success running this spring so far. I'm not, yeah, I'm I'm not pushing the panic button or anything like that. It's, you know what, they've played 18 games and none of them matter. But all we heard was, you know, as part of the rules changes baseball's bringing in, you know, the bigger bags, the limit, the, the restrictions placed on shifts, the disengagements, et cetera, et cetera. Part of this, this offensive overhaul was going to be more base running. How have the Jays, is it a topic of conversation in camp? Is it a focal point? Is it going to become a focal point? Or is it just simply, you know, everybody knows who's got the green light on this day. I would look down this lineup. I think most guys that have a green light in this team, if you're not named Alejandro Kirk or Danny Jansen, maybe. I think most guys that have a green light on this team. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think I don't think they're green. I don't think they're handing out the green light just because the bases are bigger. I think Whit Merrifield. I think Kevin Kiermaier may have it. I think Dalton Varsho occasionally would have it, depending on how he's Bo? doing, who's hitting around him. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the green light so much as be smart because okay. of who you're hitting and who's hitting behind you. Different, you know, right. you may see some three one, some three zero. Vladdy's in a tough time. You know, you're trying to put a little pressure early to steal a run like it's not like these things just because the bases are bigger like you would just think oh get out there and run all over the place no it's not that it's not that simple and again you got to remember they're talking about keeping their main guys healthy you're just not going to come here and start running all over the place and seeing these guys diving and that's how you get hurt you know you lose Bo for a long period of time ain't gonna be a good thing you you know you lose even Whit Merrifield who's gonna play a lot of second base and start doing some moving around and you're even seeing there right if if it looks like you know, if George Springer's not leading off, he's probably going to be the guy. So he's valuable. And I think he's probably the one guy who's trying to feel this out, trying to figure out jumps and, you know, how just big of a advantage the bigger bases are, right? It's the four and a half inches closer. Is it that big of a deal? Is it going to help that much? Or is it just as it's going to be easier and quicker for me to go first to third? Right or first to home, right? It's that I think they're trying to drive into these guys' heads. It's not so much, well, it's closer. Just go out there and steal a base. I don't I really think they're they're trying to attack it that way. Yeah, okay, I am. I'm actually just looking at the uh, at the numbers right now. Again, spring numbers, but uh, George Springer has a, has been caught stealing once. Hasn't got a stolen base. Bobichet stolen two, been caught twice. Kevin Biggio's got a stolen base. And I'm going down the other. Santiago Espinal has stolen three bases, has yet to be caught. Um, I'm looking for some other guys here. Uh, Brandon, Brandon Belt. Yeah. Um, that was, I was looking at something else. So, yeah, I, here we go. Uh, Stuart Bro. I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, clearly it's a work in progress. But um, I, I think I expected to see a little more of it right now. Yeah, uh, Whit Merrifield, it, it, two steals, that, three caught stealing. Absolutely right. He's trying to fill it out. He's trying to, you know, how big his lead is at first base. Uh, you know, what does it look like if he does get a bigger lead, right? It's mm-hmm. Again, it's about where he's hitting in the order. If he's hitting ninth, he might run a little bit more. If he's hitting leadoff, he probably ain't going to run as much because of who's hitting behind him, right? It's the it's the field awareness. It's not being dumb running into outs just because the bases are closer because of the lineup you're in and, and what they're trying to do 
scoring runs, right? You know, it's that I'd rather hit a two-run homer than hit a solo homer because you got thrown out at second base not being smart on the bases because of where you're at in the lineup. That's, for me, some of those guys like Santiago Esmail, you're talking about bottom of the order, creating havoc because he can sort of do it. It's Are you going to do this in the regular season a ton? Ah, probably not, but it just puts a little bit of that we can. We're not always going to do it, but we can do it. Well, we asked the question about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and his availability for the World Baseball Classic. He is in the lineup for this afternoon's uh, game. He is batting third. He is playing first base. He's not DHing. Brandon Belt is DHing. So clearly, the leg is good enough not just to to hit and and run, but also to play defense. Now, if the Dominican Republic advances to the uh, next round of the World Baseball Classic. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been very clear. Well, let me rephrase that. He has said and he has said, indicated on social media that he wants to go and join the team in the second round. He is on the roster. Um, he has said since then that he he's reiterated he would like to do it, but he's kind of he realizes it's, he's going to have to talk to Ross Atkins, <clears throat> the general manager, and and suss it out before he makes a decision. So manager John Schneider was asked a couple of minutes ago about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and his availability for the World Baseball Classic. Lance, can you play the clip, please? Uh, I'd like to see that Vladdy's back in the lineup. Yes. Um, he is still open to joining Team Dominican Republic. Where do you stand on that? Um, focusing on today, really, and seeing how he feels after today and kind of just taking that really just one day at a time. Has he approached you about that? No, not specifically. No, I think it's, you know, we all kind of understand his, you know, passion for the country and things like that. And I think everyone's focus right now is just on him being healthy and playing and playing for the Jays. That sounds to me very much like a manager who's so thankful that it ain't his decision. <laughs> yeah, it's why John Schneider's John Schneider. no dummy. John Schneider basically, what he did not say was, I ain't the guy making the call here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's why you love John Snyder, and John Snyder has practiced that, right? That's yeah. he, he is he is good enough about going home and knowing that Hazel May is going to ask a question that he needs to answer in a way that he doesn't stick his foot in his mouth, and that's the perfect way to do it, right? It's just you go, you're going to circle the wagons, and you're going to let the GM, which that's his job to make up his mind again. Jeff, I I can't say this enough. They lose Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for a long period of time. This team's in trouble. Like, there, there ain't no other way to say this. Offensively, they just, I, for me anyway, I mean, Teoscar Hernandez, I mean, they're losing 30 and 100 right there, right, or at least 25 and 80. Mm-hmm. You lose Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for long periods of time. So this is why John Snyder, you know, is not going to say anything he shouldn't be saying that will back himself in a corner and say, oh, you remember? Remember what you said a couple of days ago? Well, why isn't that happening? So that's why you love John, right? That's This is why well, for me, John's the perfect guy. He's going to answer it the way he's supposed to answer it. And then when it's supposed to be answered the right way, that's what the GM's for. And I would, I would think, Kevin, and you would probably know this, and Ben would probably, Ben Wagner, who's beside you, I know, would probably know this as well. I would think that if you manage in the minors as long as John Schneider has managed, one of the things you become very good at is being political when it comes to, hey, Skip, what's happening with my career? Like, how come I'm not being called up? What do I got to do to get, you know, I'm, I'm not being facetious about that. I'm no. sure John Schneider, again, yeah. that's different than going to the World Baseball Classic, but I'm sure John Schneider's had to have heart-to-hearts with guys. 
right? And Absolutely. and basically say, hey, you know, I mean, this is what it is. Yeah, you know, you, you don't think that John Snyder was thinking, ah, crap, when he saw the lineup and, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was going to be in it, and he was thinking on the ride home last night, oh, you know that Hazel May is going to ask me this. <laughs> I'm going to have to answer the question, so I should figure out how to answer it. And yeah. it's exactly the perfect way to answer because he didn't back himself in the corner. And this is what I said. It's, it's, I, I don't want to say it's a big deal. But it's a topic of conversation, I'm sure, behind closed doors that need to be answered the right way because the country, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and the Dominican Republic's a big deal. Like, this yes. is a big deal to those dudes. And, and they want to go represent. And it's a big loss for the DR to not have Vladdy in this lineup. So, yeah, I just think I think it's funny. You're sort of, you're sort of seeing, you know, backtrack a little bit and be like, hey, you know, it's, we're, we're going to take this day by day. Just, just back. Well, and look, we'll, John. We'll figure it out. Yeah, let's let's wait and see what happens in the game yeah. today, right? I yeah. mean, don't make a decision if you don't have to make a decision. Is, and I ain't uh, gonna make it's basically what he's saying. Yeah. It's always, <laughs> I ain't making that decision. It's always a good idea. <laughs> yeah. It's always a good idea. Let's let's play safety here. John Schneider did go on to say, by the way, that Ricky Tiedemann will throw a side session on Friday. Uh, the Jays have pulled back on his his workload a little bit. I know he's just throwing from flat ground now. They pulled back in his workload a little bit because of left shoulder. I think they're yeah. calling it soreness. Uh, so he'll he'll throw the side session on right. Friday. He wasn't going to make the team out of spring training anyhow. We've talked about this. Yeah. At, at this yeah. point, just give him a, give him what he needs to get it done. Yeah, if you you look at the depth of their rotation, it, it's an issue. Like you watch Drew Hutchinson. I, I know I laughed that off a little bit. Yeah, it's an look, issue. It's not, but it's not great. Thomas Hatch, you look at that, it's not great. Like Thompson, you look at that, it's not great. Like Tiedemann's a big deal to this, right? If he could get off to a decent start and be healthy. Yes. And and you need somebody to call up, would you rather see but, him or the other names but, that I just mentioned? I know what my answer is. But he's not going to be on the opening day roster. Oh, absolutely not. So get him I'm healthy. Gonna, no and question. then look, if you need him in May – then he's good to go. If you need him in June, then when he's you good call to go. Him up, you'd probably want to call him up and leave him up, right? So there'd be a reason why you're calling him up. And I don't know if he's one of the guys you'd want to call up and just give a spot start to. You yeah. want to call him up and, and be around, you know, the best pitching coach and, and all the things that, that could make him a better pitcher at the big league level. So it's just a, it's just that when you scratch your head, you think the cleanup hitter is sort of one of the things that they're working on and the depth of their rotation by what we've been seeing. Oh. Man, oh, man. I don't want to be negative, but it is raining here, and I don't know. Maybe that put me in a tick of a bad mood, and, and I watched Drew Hutchinson get one one out today and give up. Go have yourself. I, in the first inning, yeah. I mean, I don't want to laugh about that, but uh, it is a little laugh. Run out and get a, run out and get a foot long for you <laughs> and uh, Mr. Wagner. He'll uh, have to pace big time now. He's doing TV. Absolutely. He's a star now. 416-413-3959 is the back leg line for questions, comments. Yeah, you're number one too, Wagner, for questions, comments, and uh, assignments for Mr. Barker. As uh, He's down there for another week in spring training, then he's back here, and then two weeks from today we go to two hours, the the uh, day before the, uh, Are you ready? the opener. And. I could use a few more at bats. <laughs> bat slider down the way is giving some trouble. Yeah, it? I could use I could I could use a few more at bats. Maybe maybe throw off some flat ground would probably be nice <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost good to go. I I say I'm probably 80. Best shape of my life though. I can say that. Oh, me too. Best shape of my life. Me uh, too. Caleb Joseph 
is part of our Blue Jays broadcast crew. He will have the call on the radio today along with Ben Wagner. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptors Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A reminder that we will go to two hours in two weeks' time ahead of opening day in St. Louis. So opening day is a Thursday. We'll be on for two hours on uh, Wednesday, Mr. Barker will be back from Florida in studio with his suntan. And uh, mm. maybe in time to have to do some shoveling. Who knows <laughs> the way the winter is gone. Uh, if you're listening to us on podcast, by the way, uh, please leave a five-star review and rating and specifically mention Kevin Barker because it means a great deal to him. It does. It does. It, 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 it really does. Um, so we've got this thing, the back leg line. 416-413-3959. And uh, we've been soliciting calls, questions, comments, an assignment for Kevin. I think tomorrow, because we got a lot of a lot of them that we haven't gotten around, I think tomorrow, Kevin, we're probably going to empty the line a little bit. We so it'll be, like a, uh, it'll be like a show, half show with a guest, half show with, uh, with callers. And, uh, again, that number, 416-413-3959. Once we go to two hours, we will be taking calls on a weekly basis. We'll try to figure out how to do it and try to use some combination of direct messaging, a phone line, and a call. And you didn't know any of this, Kevin, did you? You're learning all this for the first time. Uh, 107 is the first pitch today from Dunedin, weather permitting. And it looks like the weather. Sun's out. People are here. Okay. 107 is the first pitch today. Pittsburgh Pirates against the Blue Jays. Kevin Gossman on the mound for the Blue Jays. The Jays will run out. Merrifield, Bichette, Guerrero. He's back in the lineup at first base. Brandon Belt will DH. Alejandro Kirk's behind the plate. Dalton Varsho is in left. Got Espinal, Biggio, Lucas in the lineup as well. Uh, And in addition to Kevin Gossman, you're getting a lot of the Jays' regular relievers. Uh, Tim Meza, Trevor Richards, Jordan Romano, Eric Swanson, Anthony Bass, who are scheduled to throw today. Canada will uh, look to punch its ticket and move on in the World Baseball Classic. Three o'clock today on Sportsnet, they will take on Mexico after uh, yesterday's 5 nothing win over Columbia. All right, we've been waiting a while to get this uh, our next guest on. I'm glad uh, we're able to do it. He is Caleb Joseph. He's part of our Blue Jays. Uh, broadcast crew again this year. He and Ben will have the call of today's game on the website. It'll be streaming. It'll also be on TV. And uh, he's also, well, he's also, he's, uh, you're not a new father, Caleb, but you've added another child to the collection. And uh, congratulations, and I hope everybody's doing well. Yes, doing very well. Great to talk to you guys. We added another Little boy to the clan a couple weeks ago, and uh, give us another four or five years, we'll have an entire uh, offense for the Blue Jays in about 15 years. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, talk about thinking long term. Um, hey, I wanted to ask both, both you. I wanted to ask both you and Kevin this question before we get into say, you know, Laddie returning and the WBC and all that. You know, we, we talked a little bit about the type of spring Otto Lopez had before going to the World Baseball Classic and how he has continued 
that spring. He's played very well in the WBC. Mr. Barker thinks he's got a leg up on that on, on, on a roster spot. Both of you guys have been in positions where you've come into camp knowing you were going to make the team. You've also, I presume, been in positions where you've come into camp trying to make the team. Caleb, I'll ask you first, what are the signs that would, if I'm Otto Lopez, and let's say I go, I'm out of the World Baseball Classic today and I go back, I rejoin the Blue Jays. What are the signs that I've really, really advanced my case in getting that, getting that final roster spot? For me, it was always just playing and especially starting. When you're getting starts, that's a really good sign. I remember I, I played only the back end of spring training games up until 2013, and I started to start some major league spring training games, and that's when I thought, okay, I'm really kind of on the radar. Of course, we've seen Otto Lopez in the big league so far, and he might not actually start a lot of games just because of the way he would fit in as the 26th man on the team, but just continually keeping him fresh, not going more than two or three days without seeing him in the lineup with an additional two or three ABs each game. I think it's, it's huge and important, but his best case is being made right now. I'm going to say the number on your back helps too. You're good. Otto Lopez at number 51. I'm going to, that helps too. I've had some eighties. I've had some seventies, sixties. It's a little tougher. I know when you go on the road and you're a starter, that helps also, you know, you're, it's same thing kind of thing, right? You're, you're probably not going to play at these home games. That's normally when you're everyday guys, that's where they're going to play. But when you're going on the road and you're the first guy, that helps also. It really is unbelievable. I started off with uh, 81, then went to 72, and then 51. So it was progressively going south. And the closer I got to those uh, 30s and 40s, you feel like you have a chance. He's absolutely correct about that. And and when, when you get assigned a one-ear-flapped helmet, that always helps. <laughs> And also, uh, where, up. where you're at in the clubhouse. Where you're at in the clubhouse, who you're around in the clubhouse helps a little bit, too. Yeah, huge. I remember in, in Baltimore, we had an auxiliary clubhouse. And you just kind of knew your time was limited once you moved into the big clubhouse and you were sitting next to a, a major leaguer. You thought, okay, this major leaguer is probably here to, to help me out quite a bit. I'm probably in good company. Yeah, it was. It's a, again. These, these things are all true, I, and again, it's you have to have playing time. You have to have an opportunity, and having Otto Lopez just being able to go to the WBC and do the things he's doing offensively. I, I don't know about you, Caleb, but I think Otto just is good at everything. He's probably not great at just one thing, but he's good, good at a lot of things. And I think being the 26th guy and not playing every single day, that's what you sort of have to be. Is if I call on you to run the bases, go first to home. Better be good at it. If I call on you to play short, second, third, left, right, you better catch the ball. And I think Otto Lopez can do all of those things and and sit over there a couple days and, and, you know, fester over it and then be called on and not miss a beat, not hurt your team, which is the most important thing. Yep. One of the toughest jobs in the big leagues being that 26th guy coming off the bench, being asked a lot with a little experience. And he's easy to trust. So far we've seen him come in after four or five days off and put together really good, solid at-bats. I remember a couple ABC had in Toronto where he hadn't played in six or seven days, came off the bench and got a big uh, big hit for the Blue Jays. And just can he catch the ball? Can he catch the ball when it's hit to him, make the routine plays? Nobody's looking for him to go in 
and uh, and make the diving play. Just catch the ball, make the routine play. If you can do that, you can be trusted. And if you can be trusted, you can play in the big leagues as kind of that role for a long time until maybe, say, an injury happens. And then you get a shot at an extended look. And then before you know it, you can Wally Pip a guy and be in the big leagues as a major league regular. Caleb, are you worried about Jose Barrios? Uh, a little bit. I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I Last year scared me. Uh, it really did. A guy that has pitched to the caliber that he's pitched for so long, and then it takes an entire year for him to, quote, kind of figure it out, it's, it's a little bit unnerving. And the fact that a guy with his amount of service time and his uh, amount of experience is still trying to tinker around and figure stuff out is quite alarming. At this point, guys should have it figured out. They shouldn't even need Pete Walker to come in and try and fix them. They should be able to make adjustments on their own. I know you've said this multiple times over and over last year, Kevin, but it's absolutely true. And the fact that he's off to a slow start, it is, uh, it's concerning. And it makes that Chris Bassett signing look even better uh, knowing that they might have to, to wait a few weeks and be patient with Barrios to just continue to figure it out. The movement, when you have that much movement on, on those two pitches, it, it does lend to some erratic type of, of uh, not location, but just, just pitches in general. And sometimes it takes a lot to rein it back in. If I'm the Blue Jays, I'm absolutely worried uh, right now with where he's at. Okay. Chris Bassett, you mentioned him. Danny Jansen, if you're him, you've got a guy that just came in, you're trying to figure out how to get on the same page. Now, him having the, the pitch come on his glove is going to help, right? He can call sort of his own game. But there's going to be right. spots where you're going to have to do this. Seven pitches. Take me inside Danny Jansen's head. How tough is this? What's the hard, hardest part about it? Oh, man. I, this is a huge issue, and this is something I'm going to be really looking at this season, especially with this pitch clock yesterday was my first experience watching it in a big league game was able to play a few minor league games with it but I don't even remember it being this fast it is unbelievable how fast this is in terms of pace and you have got to be on the same page with the pitcher and knowing Bassett has such a large repertoire it is imperative for them to be on the same page because you can't look up and go one ball two ball because He's not ready, and the pitch clock has got him, especially with runners on base. This is a storyline that I'm really going to be watching in terms of how pitchers and catchers are able to communicate before the games. Yes, the pitch comm device is going to help speed that up, but when you have a guy like Bassett who seems to have every pitch in the book and might even make one up in the middle of an outing, it can lead to some time, and time is valuable now, obviously, because of the pitch clock. The preparation is going to be huge. You've got to sit down, and you have got to be able – to really come up with a really solid game plan. But again, like so many people have told me, game plan is just like uh, trying to plan out war. It's all good until the first shot is fired, and then all you know what breaks loose. So it's going to take a lot of reps. And when you have a new guy on a team, you're trying to get those reps as best you can. The problem is in spring training, a lot of times, they're not going to show you those elite reps to the elite hitters because they want to keep those secret. It's always a big balancing act that you have to find as a catcher. I know Danny will do his best to figure it out, and it seems like Bassett's going to really do his share on that end as well. Vladdy Jr. will start today after uh, missing some time because of a uh, right knee. It was right knee, right knee inflammation. Uh, John Schneider was asked, Caleb, today about possibility that Vladdy would join the Dominican Republic if they advance in the World Baseball Classic. He is on the roster. He is eligible to do it. He has indicated he wants to do it. 
although he's also said that he realizes that his general manager, he has to have a conversation with his general manager. Uh, look, I, I've been very clear. I didn't want Vladdy to go in the first place. I don't want, I love the World nope. Baseball Classic. I think it's a great thing. I hope it grows. I'd just rather not grow with any of my players. And I know that can, that's hypocritical and <laughs> gonna, it doesn't make sense, but that's kind of the way I look at it. What are the pluses and minuses? Like, what are the pluses of having Vladdy go to the World Baseball Classic at this point? Because we have said there are some guys that going to the World Baseball Classic and getting thrown in that environment right away, it might actually help to have to ratchet it up a bit. God, Jimmy Garcia the other day hit 98 miles an hour uh, against against a real good lineup. So it might help some guys. But is there any plus, do you think, for Vladdy to go? For Vladdy in general, probably not. Um, I, I think Vladdy's going to be ready. He looks great. I saw him yesterday and today. He looks like he's in great shape, good spirits. I do think that personally for him, a plus, like you said, could be getting going into those really competitive ABs. Vladdy's, he knows his spot. He knows he's going to be hitting two or three or four or wherever. He knows he's playing 155 games. He knows all that. And once you get a little bit of comfort in the big leagues, you tend to – kind of ramp it up later and later and later every spring was talking to Kevin Gosman about how just the progression, the longer you're in the big leagues, you, you kind of ramp it up even slower because you know you've only got so many bullets uh, to be fired. The thing is, when you go to the World Baseball Classic, you're, you're, like you said, you're ramping it up super fast and you hit that competitive juice and it's as if you go right into the season with those competitive juices flowing, whereas a lot of guys, it takes them a week or two to kind of get those juices going because it, it's hard to get there in spring training. Talked to Matt Chapman yesterday about that. He said, you know, my body feels great. I feel good. It's just really, really hard to get motivated in spring training, especially when you're facing, like Barger said, a number 87 on the mound who you're not going to see that year. And uh, should it be motivating just being a baseball player? Absolutely. But the more spring trainings you have, it just there's some sort of feel, whereas when you go to the baseball World Baseball Classic, well, it's, it's, it's time to go, and you're playing for your country, and – I will say, personally, I, I, I hope he doesn't go either just because he's a big part of this Blue Jays baseball team, yet he could do something in a, in a spring training game today to get injured. It's a 50-50. I totally get it. I do understand that there's a lot of personal stuff going on with uh, playing with certain players and stuff, and they probably haven't played together since they were kids, and there's a lot of stuff that is really enjoyable about that as well. But personally, I wish he'd stay and just stay really healthy, stay on track, and be ready for opening day. Last one. Who hits cleanup for the Jays? Oof. Uh, if uh, Belt's in the lineup, it might go right, left, right, left. I know. By the way, it's really nice to see the uh, the left-handed batter sprinkled in uh, with a Varsho, Kiermaier, even possibility of Belt. It's really nice uh, to see that. Man, it's, uh, you know, is Varsho going to be a number two hole? Could Kiermaier Bad in the two hole. I, I don't know. I, I, I see Varsho as a left handed Chapman. Um, good on base capabilities. This is a it's a good problem to have. Um, man, uh, honestly, I think if Belt's in there, I think it's I think it's Belt uh, just to go right, left, right, left. Um, well, actually, that's not going to happen because you've got you got you've got uh, Guerrero and Bo. I miss see, I, see. This is what happens when you go to spring training. You know, you have these mix and match lineups, right? And you 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 miss guys. Goodness. Uh, well, the logical thing question. to do, Caleb, would just be to stick Bichette in the cleanup spot, as nope. I've been saying all along. It, it is, and I like the fact that he 
finds ways to get guys in. I love that about him. I love the fact that he's able to to drive in runs. Um, he's just always been a run producer. He has no problem shortening up, going to right field to drive a guy in. I love those type of guys in the four hole. Uh, but I also like him in the two hole with Springer being on base yeah. and just continuing momentum to set up a Vladdy in the three hole possibly. Um, I think they have a lot of options, and I guarantee you after the first week or two, as uh, Barker likes to say, the khakis will be running the numbers, and they'll have the best analytically lineup out there. So we're just guessing. Caleb, we're going to let you run, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Again, congratulations, and uh, thanks for joining us. We look forward to doing this again. You're the best. Be well, my friend. You got it. See you guys. That's Caleb Joseph. He and Ben Wagner will have the call on the website today. The Jays take on the Pirates. The game is also on the TV side. Merrifield, Bichette, Guerrero, Belt, Kirk, Varshall, Espinal, Biggio, Lucas. Starting for the Blue Jays, Kevin Gossman, and uh, most of the bullpen regulars as well. We have time to go to uh, our our back leg line. But first of all, we had an assignment yesterday for Kevin. And uh, it was from, uh, was was it Sergio in Toronto that wanted to know about? No, that's today's assignment. What was the assignment yesterday for Kevin? Who's the everyday second baseman? The everyday second baseman. That's right. That was the question. You guys touched on it a bit. Whit Merrifield. Yeah. yeah. It sounds to me like when Whit's playing left, it's Santiago Espinal. When that's not happening and the outfield's the way it's supposed to be, Whit Merrifield's going to get most of the playing time yeah. at, second, at second base. It just makes a little sense with the way you saw Espinal look when he was trying to be an everyday second baseman right. or an everyday player. So you got a veteran guy who can get a bunch of hits. Why not play him every day? I think there's going to be a revolving door at second base. I do believe that. I, I know the manager likes Kevin Biggio. Well, and I was going to ask him you. in somewhere in there. I was going to ask Kevin. you. The end of the season, who's going to have more starts at second base, Santiago Espinal or Kevin Biggio? Uh, for me, it would be Espinal. Okay. Better defender, can handle the bat, and use the whole field. All right. We have a uh, question from Mr. Barker. Hey, guys. This is Sergio from Toronto. Great show as always. Uh, this show, this question is for Barker, specifically about Pearson. He doesn't seem to be uh, too fond of him. Um, wouldn't he be an upgrade to Richards on the bullpen? Yes, I understand that Richards has a change of and can get lefties out, but you're most likely not going to pitch to three straight lefties. So you are going to be pitching to some righties in there. Uh, wouldn't the 99 uh, heater coming in at you be a little bit better and more efficient in the pen? There you go. I wonder if it's Sergio Romo. Where is Sergio get, Romo? I miss I him. I still you know? yet to give the love for Nate Pearson. Pardon me? I don't get the love for Nate Pearson. I, I, I'm sorry. I just, I just don't. I, I I understand he's throwing harder and it's consistent. I just don't know where you use him. Man, everybody's trying to figure out how to get rid of dudes to throw him in a bullpen. I, where are you using him? I, sixth inning? Doesn't matter. I, but Kevin, Kevin, Kevin well, he's, not, he, he's not. You're, you don't matter. He's not a prospect anymore. He's an arm who throws a hundred. That's more reason to make him earn it. Make him go down ah, to AAA, give you two months on, of dominating dudes on. in AAA, and then call him up. Come on, it's amazing. There's, like you've changed Kat, too. You've gotten soft. Cat on what? Nate Pearson. That's Nate Pearson. You've gotten soft. No, I just time. at this point in time, he's just he's an he's an arm that throws a hundred. He's, he's, he's not a he's not a prospect. Team who's trying to get out to a hot start. Come on, see what he's got. Come on. How does that make sense? Come on, explain it to me. Have him make the make team. Sense? You know what? Hey, you know what? Have him make the team. And if it doesn't work, then option his ass out. Ah, uh, okay. There you go. I mean, seriously, he's not. It's, it's, it, we aren't talking Ricky Tiedemann anymore. We're talking 
minor league pitcher who throws 100. Bring him up, and if he's no good, send him down. And then bring him up, and he's going to ride the, uh, you know, the Buffalo Express all year. That That's the way I look at it. I, I don't see the... I want to get that arm up here. And if I have to send him down, then I send his ass down. Okay. Simple. Well, you got it figured out. I do. <laughs> and you know the best thing about it? I'll it's never... Funny. It's funny. I'll... It's funny. Last year, you wanted to get rid of him, trade him, release him. Now, all of a sudden, you can't oh, wait I never to said get him I'd release team. him. I, listen, can't wait to get him on the team. I'd, I'd make Figure it. Well, I get mean, rid I... Of people. Get rid of people for I'd trade years. him in the right deal. I'd trade him in the right deal. <laughs> now you can trade him. <laughs> What's going on here? There, there are guys <laughs> in this team I would trade. I'd trade Espinall in the right traded. deal. Ah, you're in... You're insufferable. That's it for us. Blue Jays baseball at uh, 1 o'clock on TV and streaming. Canada and Mexico at uh, 3 o'clock on Sportsnet. A win in Canada goes through in the World Baseball Classic. We'll be back tomorrow from 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360. As always, you can catch us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Have a great day.